Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Camping Crew Podcast with me, Aaron Burchill. And me, Chris Byrne. Thank you for joining us. Can we remind you, we're not experts. We're doing this for fun and hopefully if we uh, have some information for you that'll help you camp in Ireland in your motorhome or your camper van over the coming holiday seasons. So it's going to be a busy show today. Chris, where do you think we should start? Well, Aaron, we had a, a storm, Storm Hannah, on Friday last and you were brave enough to uh, venture out into it. Tell us how that went. Yeah, some say brave, some say stupid, but thank you for being so polite. Um, myself, Charlie and Deirdre went to Ardmore. Now, I found it frightening. Deirdre slept through it. We went to bed about 10.30. I think the warning was from like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. till 4 in the morning of gusts of up to 120 kilometres an hour. And I said to Deirdre, come on, we go camp. Actually, I was chatting to you on Friday and you were saying, stay home, go tomorrow. That's right. But we didn't. We went Friday down to Ardmore, as you know, big open space right on the coast. Ten o'clock I went to bed. It was windy, but no more windy than a windy night, to be honest. Oh, my God. At about two o'clock in the morning, Chris, I honestly, first of all, there was four motorhomes in a row. I was the fourth, thinking I'd be sheltered, and the wind came at me first. Oh, God. Sidon, was it? Yes. Oh, big time Sidon. So, 10 o'clock, I was lying on the bed. I think I was watching a bit of a movie. Deirdre was reading. She came to bed at 11, slept through it. But at about half two, three, I honestly, Chris, I honestly felt the camper land. It wasn't a shake. It was a tud. And I said, right, I've either landed, like if it, if it raised an inch and then all four wheels Dropped just plunked down. Yeah. I said, I've either landed or next door has bumped into me. It was none of the above. It was just very, very stormy. Sounds a bit wild, all right. I was listening to some of the reports and looking at some of the pictures on Facebook of some of the other campsites and some of the damage that was caused. And it was it was fairly wild. But I think wasn't the storm mainly going to be Clare, Galway? I think we were just the fringe of it down in the southeast. But I think it was mainly for Galway, Clare, and and a little bit maybe more northern. Of, That's of right. The... Yeah, I think Galway and Clare had a red warning for part of it, and we had orange. Yeah, uh, and yellow, wasn't it? Yeah. Now Saturday was beautiful. It was very windy till about three o'clock, to be honest. But it was it was dry. It was bright. It was sunny. And then Saturday evening, five o'clock, it was starting to get cold, but the wind was gone and you could sit out, you know, throw a blanket around you or anything. But Saturday and Sunday were, were pretty good. But yeah, it frightened me. My wife and dog slept through it. Yeah, it, I, I'd do it again. I, it, it, I wouldn't have done it in Clare or Galway. I, it would be stupidity. I tend not to be able to sleep too well when it's storm and you're inside the camper. I, I find myself kind of, Worrying about the camper, is it going to be okay? Or if I have an awning up, will I try and make sure I have the awning down ahead of time? But it's always kind of disconcerting being inside and not knowing what's happening outside, what's the state of play outside. And you definitely don't want to go out around in that kind of weather. No, my, my main worry was the wind getting under the solar panel. Because there's a little spoiler on the front of the solar panel for when you're driving and the wind is deflected, but there's nothing at the sides. And I was aware that we were side on. It must have been gusting over 70 to 80 kilometers per hour. So my main worry, I had said to Deirdre, look, if we topple over, let's not panic. 
you know, there, I had put the torch beside the bed. You know, I was kind of ready for it. But yeah. my main worry was the sound of the ripping of the solar panel and what damage it would do to the roof. But thankfully, everything was okay. The other three motorhomes all moved out into the middle of the field for the next day. I think by the end of by Saturday evening, there was 13 motorhomes there. Uh, we stayed. We didn't bother moving. We stayed on the hard pitch. In fact, we plugged in because I wanted to make toast. So we <laughs> Saturday was quite nice, actually, wasn't it? It, it turned out to be beautiful after... Five, five or six o'clock Saturday It turned out Saturday and Sunday were absolutely beautiful We didn't leave there till till late Sunday It could have been five o'clock And we're normally gone by lunchtime I think you're going to uh, tell us about a, a, an email A follow-up to last week's Camping Mishaps Did You yes. got a, an email, Aaron Do you want to tell us about that? got an email from Liam. First of all, he's congratulating us on the podcast. He's finding them very entertaining. Uh, he also complimented the Charlie and me video and YouTube vlogs. But he said, hey, Aaron, I'll share one with one of my mishaps with you. I have and he uses and underlines and highlights the word often. I have <laughs> often driven off with the TV aerial still up and got caught in a low tree once. When I read that email, Chris, I did drive off once with my TV aerial up, but thankfully, literally before I even left the campsite, somebody was shouting at me and I put it down. Uh, imagine if you were in a small transit van or something that could fit under a, a height restriction barrier in a car park and you'd left your aerial up. How much damage could that do to your roof? Could be fairly severe, yeah. So now, I know as soon as I finish watching telly, we don't we don't watch much telly now anyway. It, it tends to be a DVD. But if I am trying to get TV reception and I don't get it, I I do automatically, first thing I do is pull down the aerial and then just stick in a DVD and watch a DVD. But uh, yeah, driving off with your aerial up, of course, if you have, you're listening to this podcast and now you're saying to yourself, okay, I'll tell the guys, please do let us know. The email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com and do what Liam did and get in touch with us and let us know what silliness you've been up to. That would be great. Yeah, I kind of have a routine now. Since that time, as I mentioned last week, driving off with the electrical cable plugged in, I tend to do a full walk around of the campsite, or the camp camper van before I drive off, including getting down my hands and knees and looking underneath it to make sure I have everything taken off as well as the usual inside routine as well double checking uh, so you can tend to kind of capture that and I suppose a big one for people aren't it would be driving off with their um, skylights opened and well, that could be see, quite quite you, expensive you pulled so me up on that once when we were leaving um, Dunmore East you and you are showed actually you texted me and said your skylights are. I drive with my skylights open in the tilted up position so they're like a spoiler not Totally open square, but with just the back end tilted open. I drive with them and park up in the shed with them open all the time. And you've never got, gotten a crosswind or anything? No, because it's it's like a spoiler because I have the front tilted down. It just lets in a nice bit of fresh air and circulates a bit of air and not, not breezy, not noisy. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I, I drove off and the skylight was open and I the noise was killing me. So I just pulled over and... and I just clipped down the front part of it. So I, I don't know. Again, please, if anybody has had their, their you know, at, at 100 kilometers or 80 kilometers an hour heading down the motorway, <laughs> has it ever happened to you? I'm sure it's happened to someone. Some skylights will only open one way. I think the one on ours, we have a choice of which direction we open it. And I tend to kind of open it depending on which way the wind is blowing. So yes. the wind, as you said, kind of as a spoiler. 
Yeah, no, it's never happened now. And I, I, I the, the camper is parked outside the house now, and and three the three skylights. I leave the bathroom one open all the time, um, for obvious reasons. But <laughs> but the two in the camper, yeah, I've no problem. Dro- now the only time I'll drop them down is if it's a real stormy day, as in rain, because I I I looked in my my rearview mirror one day, but I looked in it and I could see droplets of rain coming in, but it was bucketing out of the heaven, so I just pulled over and closed the skylight. Close it down, yeah. But uh, no, I, I drive with mine open um, all the time. Um, Jan was on to us an email as well about something spotted in Dingle. Do you want to tell us about that? We got an email there during the week uh, from Jan. They were traveling down uh, around Dingle and they had a uh, they were passing by the uh, car park there, the main car park in Dingle. And uh, here's the, the email receipt. Just passed through Dingle Saturday of Easter weekend and seven campers were parked in the bus base. This is a perfect example of how we get a bad name. What a shame. And you know what, Aaron, I completely agree with Jan. It, it really just, it takes one or two people to cause problems for everybody else. And people will see the, the campers parked in those spots and start giving out about it. And, and suddenly all campers are, are, are the bad guys, you know. Between parking in bus bays and taking it one step further, which happened to me in Tremor on the Easter Bank holiday weekend, where people take four or five parking spaces. For example, for people who don't know Tremor, we have a beautiful prom, very popular. The Easter weekend, there were six motorhomes. Some of them can fit parked legally, just reversed or driven into the spot because it might be a transit or a T5 Volkswagen. But the bigger, let's call them motorhomes, some of them reversed in and they may have to bump up onto the curb a little bit to keep the nose off the road. And that's fine because the prom is so wide. But I came across one lady who had just pulled up and took up five spaces and had driven up onto her levelling blocks. So she wasn't just there for a cup of tea. When I went over to her and I said, how you doing? Listen, now I I lied because, as you know, you don't have to pay for parking in Tremor until June. But I said to her, listen, the wardens around here, you'll never hear them clamp you. If I was you now, I'd reverse and, and pull up there like that chap. And she basically said to me, well, if I was you, I'd reverse off and mind your own effing business. And I kindly went. Right, Lovely. Okay. I did try and reason with the lady. She told me where to go in no uncertain terms. But yeah, it only takes seven campers parked in the bus bays and for a local to be driving by and say, this is why we don't want you in our town. Uh, and that's it. It causes problems for everybody else. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't think uh, people like that are, are ever going to change their ways. They just um, do what they like. But uh, yeah. I don't know if there's a solution to, to, to that kind of mentality. There isn't because I think like that's a vast number seven campers okay it was a beautiful weekend dingle is a beautiful place but for seven campers to be let's call it breaking the law or at least parking illegally there's seven people that i don't think you could reason with and nowadays you go up to somebody you don't know if you're going to get a slap in the head or a knife in the chest so do you leave it and then it just continues or do you try like i did and say something for the better of our camping community and again have it thrown in your face now in saying that years ago i, I a similar situation in tremor and the lady said oh thanks very much when her husband came out of the bathroom he reversed into a pitch but it was during june and july when the warden was around but that's neither here nor there her attitude was didn't realize thanks for that and she pulled up and, and parked properly yeah yeah 
So look, just first of all, we can do is uh, implore the people listening to uh, obey the laws, park properly, and you know do everything they can to promote yeah, happy motorhoming. And I mean, it's it's nice to be able to park on the beachfront, but if you can't and you have to go a kilometer away, do it. If it's if it's somewhere where you can park where there's no white lines, no double yellow lines, you're not breaking any laws, and if you have to walk back to the beach. You know, it's it's. Don't think about it as as a kilometer. It's only a couple of hundred yards. It's only a couple of hundred meters, if you want to look at it that walk, way. Yeah. But as you say, I think it's it's going to be an ongoing thing. We see discussions why camping parking is stopped in towns, and then why other towns make it the facilities to to stop people from taking over the parking bays or the invalid spaces or the car parks in general. So look, do you know what, Chris? It's something that I guarantee you we're going to be coming back to again on future camping crew time and time again yeah so we mentioned we went away bank holiday weekends we like to get away as much as we can more or less from now um i'm going to talk about the woodlands park in tralee in county Kerry. you've been there a few times chris i haven't actually Aaron. i haven't been to that site have you not oh my gosh oh it was one of the first campsites we took charlie brown to and there was a thunderstorm but it was one of these summer thunderstorms like it was needed to clear the air and as a pup, I was expecting him to crawl under the bed, but he just kept looking up at the skylight saying, gosh, what's that? I'd love to be out in that. But the Woodlands Park in Tralee, a unit with two adults, two children, 36 euro to 39 euro at the peak season. Uh, electric hookup and showers are free. They're included in the price. What I like about this park, the couple that run it live on the park up over the reception area. The reception area, they love groups, they love clubs, they have a room that is suitable for meetings. Outside the gate, maybe, let, let's say less than a kilometre to either of the following. You've got the Aquadome, which is very popular in Tralee. You've got the Wetland Centre, the cinema, the museum, and they're literally, you, you would walk to them, even with two little screaming kids, you'd walk to them. There's a playground on site, an indoor playroom, a games room, they have a football pitch with Gaelic, for those of you who don't know, we have bigger goals than a, a soccer pitch goals, but they have goalposts for Gaelic and soccer, TV lounge, complimentary Wi-Fi, the usual campus kitchen, and an all-weather barbecue area and laundry services as well. It's in Tralee, in County Kerry. It's open all year round if you're into a caravan, not so much for the motorhomes. You can leave your caravan there for... You know, where there's two or three bank holiday weekends pretty close to each other and they look yes, after yeah. for a, a nominal fee. You can actually store your caravan on the pitch if you plan on Kind of midterm stay if you want to. Yes, yes. And their website is kingdom, that's K-I-N-G-D-O-M, camping.com. Highly recommended. The Woodlands Park in Tralee in County Kerry. What have you got? Tralee is a popular spot, isn't it? It's beautiful. And you know what? As I said, they're open all year round now. Off season, what I would call it, it's by appointment. Give them a buzz. They'll give you a code to the gate and stuff like that. But it's very clean, very well kept. And if you're heading down to the Rose of Tralee, it's a great place <laughs> to, to spend a weekend. Excellent. I stayed down in Fleming's Whitebridge Caravanning and Camping Park in Killarney over the weekend. There was a group of us doing a walk over the McGillicuddy Reeks, including Caron Tool, which is the highest mountain in Ireland. Uh, we had a, 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 what I describe as a, a tough day on the mountains on Saturday. It was quite a long walk, so it was great to get back to the campsite after the walk and uh, just chill uh, and relax. It's it's a fantastic campsite, Aaron. They've got about 100 pitches. It's kind of divided into two sections. Oh, one thing I, I would say, 
uh, you know, you have a pet peeve about the shower, one of yours for the shower, but I must say it was one of the, the, the best campsite showers um, that, that I've come across. You know, the shower for that one euro, it was long. I think it was probably about 10 or 15 minutes. The pressure was very strong and it was very, very warm. So after a day out in the mountains, I'll tell you, that shower was very, very welcoming. I have moved on from the pet peeve of paying for showers <laughs> uh, due to an email that we received from a chap called Kevin, who we'll be talking about in future podcasts. But he did say, Aaron, on your shower thing, get over it and move on. So Kevin and the rest of you and Chris, I have moved on. It is no longer a pet peeve. What is very the cost good, of staying good. in Flemings for your motorhome? The cost, um, uh, and this is on our webpage, uh, a unit, two adults, two children is between 32 and 34, depending on the, the time of year. But as I said, it, it's it's a lovely campsite. Tents, caravans, motorhomes, campervans, they're very accommodating. They've lots of space, lots of electric hookups. They have a lovely little camper's kitchen. We were down in the second uh, farthest away part now, and they have a, a lovely little camper's kitchen, all laid out like a, like a cafe, plenty of um, electric points for charging phones and toasters and and all that type of stuff they have a small little shop on site as well i would imagine they're quite strict on the campsite as well given the size of it and the amount of people that would be coming through it as well so i would say you know if, if there was a, a a gang of lads going on a stag or something like that they probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't allow them in there it's more geared towards families you know or clubs or things like that I do know the Rally of the Lakes is on there uh, very soon, actually. And they do allow, I hate the term, but they do allow boy racers to stay in tents. But they do have like a 100 euro noise deposit. And then if you behave, you get the 100 euro back. And I was talking to the owners a year. Now, this is going back five or six years ago, even more, when he was telling me he had to introduce this because you get just one or two little groups that were making it awkward. And it's just for that weekend that they do it. But yes, it is a beautiful campsite. So are you staying where you go across little bridge exactly yeah we were yeah. just in there over there by the uh the toilet block and campers kitchen over that so they two they have another block in the main area with with, with similar setup the website for that iron is killarneycamping.com so that's fleming's white bridge caravan and camping in killarney and the woodlands park tralee in county kerry two highly recommended sites and you can check out camping hyphen ireland for most of the campsites in ireland if you want to go onto that website and a lot of the details of fees and and costs and facilities are available on that website as well i think you have a, a tip for us this week aaron do you in our tip section yeah i was again i'm, I'm gonna well that's what we're here for if you go to charlie and me our camping vlog um we'll put the link on our on our twitter i did a video of things that you may or may not have in your motorhome and one of them and it's it's an obvious thing a water hose and I came across it at the weekend where a chap had just literally bought a, a motorhome. They had it five weeks. This was their first trip. They were in Ardmoris the day after the storm and he'd no water hose. And he said to me, what do you need a water hose for? And I said, how are you going to get water into your tanks? So I have two. I carry, I think it might be 10 meters and I carry a five meter, but I carry enough adapters that I can make that a 15 meter or enough adapters for different taps because not every campsite has a screw on tread. So I've got the pushy on ones and a screw on one and some have an inch screw on tap and some have a half inch screw on tap or whatever that is in metric. So I carry the two adapters for that. So make sure you have a water hose instead of carrying one big long one, have a long one, have a short one, but make sure you have enough adapters to fit onto different types of taps 
that are on different campsites. That's it. I have uh, a medium one. It's something I've been meaning to to replace and look at in our motorhome. What I tend to do myself is I tend to overfill the water uh, in the motorhome. I know it's, it's less efficient and it's adding extra weight. But when I say overfill, if I go for a weekend, I'll bring a weekend's worth of water and some extra so I don't have to fill it up. That's what I tend to do. If I was going away for a week, I would fill it up. As I said, I know it's quite a, a bit extra to be, to be loading. But once I settle, when we go camping, we tend to stay in the one spot, you know, quite a lot. So uh, we tend not to move around or go on touring holidays. We go somewhere, we'll stay there for a week or we'll stay there for three or four days and not move about as much. Uh, what for me, I'd hate to try to put everything away and then drive off and fill it up and go back and park. Whereas if I can put a bit of extra water in, it'll save me the, the problem of doing that. But do you not notice now that a lot of, and especially because we, we go camping quite a lot together, but a lot of the places we go tend to have taps pretty much on between your pitch, maybe your sharing. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And w- when I do need it, that medium one has has helped me out. And th- the odd time when it didn't, uh, I know somebody who's parked very close to me um, who I can borrow a hose off. And that right there. Yeah. Yes, I'll, I will look after you <laughs> for a nominal fee because you get nothing for nothing. But yeah, just remember that, you know, and, and just, I, I know I got caught in France. We didn't have the right, they, they had the push push taps and they were just like ordinary household taps so they didn't take my treaded hose end so I had to go and buy this little rubber one so I think in the end in one of the hardware stores we got a complete hose kit with more connections and adapters <laughs> that you can shake a stick at and now that that gets us through that's everything. the one I have with the rubber one and the thing to remember is don't have the pressure up too high I know it takes a bit longer yes. to fill but it'll work we're talking about hoses uh, another tip would be the same with the electricity cables we uh, definitely have a two cables with us a short one a long one sometimes you park right next to the, the electric hookup and you don't want reams of cable stuffed under your motorhome or tucked away by the wall so a short cable is always really handy and then the long cable for those times when you're you need that extra bit of stretch it's really important and to add to that then it's always good to have an adapter a plug adapter and even a splitter if you get to some campsites they maybe limited electricity you might be able to talk nicely to your camping neighbor and split the one cable into two. The only thing about a splitter is bear in mind if it's a winter evening and you plan on using an electric heater and your neighbour plans on using an electric heater, that may trip the trip. Trip the switch, because yeah. Because most campsites are 10. Some are coming up to 16 amps, but a two kilowatt heater is eight amps. And to be honest, two of them running. If It's just if you're using a splitter because you're both running off that one fuse or that one trip. So just bear that in mind. But yes, definitely have the adapters with, with the ordinary plug on one end and your motorhome camper socket on the other end. I made one up in Spain last year because they're two pin in some of the places in Spain and Portugal. So I went to the hardware and I made up a little two pin with the socket on the end of it. So I think we're covered now for most places at this stage. That's good. I think something we'll definitely tackle in a future podcast, Aaron, is camping abroad and what do you need to bring with you for camping abroad? Uh, I think that is yeah. something. Yeah, we, because it is, it's totally different to here. So we'll, we'll uh, pencil that in for a, a bro- uh, for a broadcast pretty soon. Let's get on to um, the camp life. I like this. This is the new thing that we brought in a couple of weeks back um, where we're going to talk about. Well, do you know what? It's basically about hacks or if you have any ideas or tips that you can give to us. Where are we going to start today? 
Yeah, I, I put a list together of camping hacks and I know you, you've been adding a few bits and pieces to it as well. And I tend to follow these and look up uh, on Facebook and some of the web pages, all the different camping tips, whether they're storage tips or tips for remembering things. Some people come up with really clever and crafty ideas. The one that uh, I, I started on my list is um, hanging a, a shoe organiser in the bathroom. Our storage space in our bathroom isn't huge. Between the four of us, we have lots of bathroom stuff. So um, we tend to store all the bits and pieces in there. We want to stop them from moving about and travelling so they're, they're safe and secure. Even the extra space, all those little pockets that you stuff your shoes in. Brilliant, brilliant. I think in our camper, we have one high-level press and one low level press. The high level is all the toiletries. And I noticed recently that in the low level, it's literally just towels and toilet rolls. But yes, then yeah. there's only two of us. There's four of you. But yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, one of the things we touched on this a couple of weeks ago when we when we started talking about mishaps. So I'll just give you the, the two little things that I mentioned before. And one is regarding driving off, which are electric hookups still plugged in. I When I roll up my lead, I tie it with a strap that you would use for your to keep your feet on your pedals on your bike you could tie it with with a little piece of twine or whatever but that strap or piece of twine i stick onto my steering wheel as soon as i get to a campsite and plug in and that'll remind me and then on the stabilizers which i did a couple of years ago i drove off with my back legs still down if you're into using your stabilizers you might have a little electric drill or a battery drill leave the socket little wrench again on your dash so when you get into the front of the camper you'll see it and you'll remember to go back and pull up the stabilizers when you see the twine or the strap you'll remember go and unplug so little knickknacks like that so leave your spanner on the dash and tie something to your steering wheel and that'll remind you of your electric lead yeah they're great and tips um you, you certainly don't want to to make any of those mistakes again one little tip I found online when I was just doing a little bit of research was uh, somebody had bought glow-in-the-dark tape and they taped um, they taped just, just the edge of the steps and uh, along part of the inside of their motorhome or camper. So in the dark, if you need to move about or you're stepping out or stepping in, it's quite easy to see where, where the steps start and where they end. You don't have to maybe wake up some of the other uh, people in, in the campsite just to find your way around. Brilliant idea. Yeah. Storage. What, what, what do you use? I, I remember my very first camping trip. I brought four plates, four cups, four knives, four forks. Um, literally the day I bought the camper and I brought them from the house. And again, I got to Wexford. They were all smashed. So it was a lesson learned. Thankfully, I was going to a camping show, so I ended up buying plastic plates and plastic cups and plastic small plates and big plates. How how do you travel with real Delft plastic? And if you do have real Delft, how do you store? No, we don't uh, generally have anything breakable. They're, they're usually plastic. Um, I see somebody giving some advice there uh, about um, with the plates and stuff. If you are using real plates, is get some of the uh, the, the non-stick, you know, those rubber non-stick mats, cut them up into little squares and put them between each of the plates. Yes. Um, yes. It keeps the noise down, but it also keeps them from breaking. Someone also suggested online to use square plates and bowls because they tend to store better in there and move about less than round plates would do. Yeah, I think we have round, but I do know we only have two mugs, but they came in a little box. Uh, it was a pair of mugs that we bought, so we tend to keep them in that box, and it's just for, we use the plastic ones, but if you have guests, you know, you'd like a cup of tea out of a real mug, so we, we did, the, but everything else, that all the Delph is gone. 
and pots, I think I've only three pots and they're sized so they sit into each other. Again, people, if you have any hacks or any hints, please do get in touch with us with the Camping Crew Podcast at gmail.com and we'd love to hear from you. Regards anything to do with camping, be it in Ireland or be it in your home country. Um, and again, if you'd like to be interviewed, that is the way you can get in touch with us. Uh, we do have a Twitter, which will give you all the details uh, in a couple of minutes' time. Um, actually, pretty, pretty soon, Chris will be giving you the details because we would love 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 to hear from you and we've been delighted to get the couple of emails that we've received um since our last podcast we try and do one every week but if you can give us input we could possibly get more of them done so without further ado let's give them the contact details let's push the old charlie and me on youtube so the twitter account if you want to follow us is at the camping crew and our email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. And any ideas you have, campsites, products, news, as Aaron said, well, we'd love to hear about them. You know, we're, we're all about kind of promoting motorhome and camper van community. And I like to think of this podcast as two campers sitting in a campsite just chatting about camping. Yeah. So any yeah. ideas you've got to, to share would be great. Then you can go on to YouTube and you've got Charlie and me, our camping vlog which is where myself and Charlie, my uh, Cocker Spaniel, go to campsites, review them. Basically, what we're doing here, we tell you about the prices and the facilities. And also, we have a website called campsitereview.com. It's a free forum. It's got a list of the top 10 beaches in Ireland. It's got a list of the top 10 campsites in Ireland as reviewed by people on the website. So we'd love you to take part in that. And of course, Chris will update the Twitter. And if you can get in touch with us on Twitter as well, we really would love to hear from you. In our next podcast, we're going to be talking about, again, some hacks, if you have any. We'll touch base on a couple of apps and websites. And we hope to interview some clubs because there are quite... Are you a member of any of the motorhome clubs? Uh, we used to be a member of the IMCC, or IMCCC, one of the, the clubs there. But I suppose when the kids started getting older, they wanted to go away for weekends with their friends. Yes. So we tend not to be able to get away uh, as much with the clubs. But we've been to a, quite a lot of rallies with them when the kids were younger. And we'd had great crack at them, you know, there's... Well, in future podcasts, I hope to interview one or two of the chairmen or chairpeople's chairpersons of some of the clubs in Ireland. They will tell us, hopefully, what they're about, how many members they have, how long they're in existence. And I think we'll get a podcast out of that. And we also then want to discuss Facebook pages, groups that are out there as well. If, again, you have any group that you're involved with, you'd like to be interviewed, please do get in touch by email campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you there's lots of really good facebook uh, groups and really active ones as well so um certainly we'd love to talk to some of the admins on those well we hope you liked our podcast for today uh, as i say we try and do one every week if you did please subscribe tell your friends about us tell them about our youtube channel and we would love to hear from you and again all the details are here at the end of the podcast if you just read all the instructions there our twitter accounts our email accounts our websites and we would love to hear from you so from me aaron Burchill, stay safe wherever you're going this holiday season and for me chris goodbye well that's it for another podcast from the camping crew thanks for listening and do join us again very soon safe camping mm-hmm.